Welcome to the Saints Crown Show. This is a show for men who want to grow. In a world where confusion is the culture and passivity is the practice, we exist to take men from gaining massive clarity to taking massive action. Because we believe that if we can help bring order to your life, you can bring order to your world. Welcome back to the Saints Crown Show. I'm your host, Zachary Reed, joined here with co-founder of Saints Crown, Preston Woody. And today, I'm so excited for this episode. We're going to be talking about the 10 cultural lies towards masculinity. So what do you even think of when you first hear that? I'm so excited to dive in. (laughs) And we're not going to give a lot of pretext context, except for let's define masculinity. What yes. is masculinity? And, and, and here's the best definition that, I, that I've got, Zach, in the most accurate sense, not trying to wordsmith it to be fluffy or catchy, but it's a set of characteristics mm. and responsibilities typically associated with men. Yes. Masculinity mm. is associated with certain responsibilities, such as protection, uh, provision, the capacity to to play and to perceive. So it's responsibilities, but also a set of characteristics. For example, what does a masculine man look like? Yeah. One might perceive that you are a more masculine man because you have a beard. And, and when I try to grow a beard, I look like I'm the captain of the black pearl. Like it doesn't work. (laughs) Right. So is a beard, a a masculine based characteristic? Yes. Because women typically don't have beards. I say typically because We've heard of the bearded lady and we've watched a lot of the greatest showmen. (laughs) So, uh, but doesn't me not having a beard make me any less masculine. I don't know. That's up for you to decide, but, but let's jump into now that we have our definition, the 10 cultural lies of masculinity. Yeah. So masculinity is toxic, Hmm. toxic masculinity. I feel like, and that's, that's number one, right? Yes. That's the first one. So lie number one is masculinity is toxic. Yeah, and I feel like it's important to note that this is not going to be a conversation that creates a victim mentality towards men. Hmm. I think it's more so just highlighting the fact that this is a crisis that men are facing Hmm. and we have the ability to push through it. Hmm. And in fact, when I think of toxic masculinity, I'm like confused Hmm. because again, the world's view is to create confusion mm. when the truth is simple. Mm. Yes. And we hope that through this conversation, we can help bring massive clarity. So if the cultural mm. lie is that masculinity is toxic, then it leads us on as men to believe that if ma- traits of men are toxic, then I must be toxic. Mm. And what does one who perceives themselves as toxic do with that? Yes. They can either crumble under it and become a puppet or embrace it and become a tyrant. Yeah. So what do you think that that lie produces in the lives and hearts of men? I feel like it's, it's an unhealthy thought process. I mean, even the name toxic, like it, cause you don't want to be that, right? You don't want to be toxic. You don't. Um, but I think really, unfortunately, uh, the reason why this has become such a hot topic, um, is because the negative side of masculinity has really been amplified Mm -hmm. in our culture. So aggression, competition, um, violence, things of that nature. And I think 
the world has been amplifying those words and have been focusing on on that aspect of masculinity um, that it's created this entire thought process that well this must be what masculinity is and we need to to counterbalance this and so that's immediately what i'm thinking of as far as like toxic masculinity hmm. I, and i wonder if if the culture were just to i mean potentially exchange the idea of toxic masculinity, which I don't even think exists, but I yeah. think what they're describing is chauvinism, which does exist. Mm. The man saying that things are running my way. I'm in control. I'm going to leverage and utilize my anger and my aggression to control you. I'm yes. going to be domineering and things are going to go my way or the highway. I'm going to utilize and leverage intimidation to get what I want, which is completely wrong and yeah. completely offsides of what a masculine man is supposed to do. But here's the truth that I think in contrast to masculinity is toxic is masculinity is a gift to women and children. Yeah. Men ought to be masculine. So women and children don't have to. Mm. And so what does it mean to be masculine? It means to be a provider. It means to be a, have the capacity to protect the capacity also to play masculinity oftentimes is seen as being stoic, but it's also very much so the capacity to play, which we'll get into that in the four roles of a man, then also the capacity to perceive, to have that knowing, that knowing behind logic. And, uh, and oftentimes in, in, in scripture, we see pictures of Jesus, who I believe is the most masculine man who ever existed. Yeah. He, his scripture says that he would look upon a situation or someone and perceive them mm. and perceive something different than what could be seen with you know, one's own two eyes. So I think that uh, masculinity ultimately is a gift to women and children. I agree. And if it's a gift, then surely that's Mm. why it's being attacked. Mm. Um, Because the absence of it is what really creates the toxic environment. Mm. So it's like, it's almost like the word was created, but really with the void of masculinity is what's actually creating the toxicity. Mm. Wow. So it turns into be a double negative. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Number, uh, number two, number two, if you are assertive, you are oppressive. Um, what does it mean? What do we mean by that? Assertive and oppressive. I think as men, we have a few different options and some of us, I think we have more natural temperaments one way or the other. And in this, in the scripture, there's a, a, a story and a context and a framework of a kingdom, mm. the kingdom of Israel at one point ruled by a king by the name of Ahab. And this king was extremely passive. He was passive, but he was counterbalanced by a controlling woman by the name of Jezebel. Yes. And what they disdained more than anything, what they hated and what they loathed was this one man, this one prophet who would say the things that weren't supposed to be said mm. and do the things that weren't supposed to be done. And this was a man by the name of Elijah, and Elijah was assertive. Yeah. Elijah was assertive. It's the willingness to say what needs to be said without control. Mm. And, um, and I think that we can fall on one end of the spectrum. We're either going to be controlling or we're going to be a controlling tyrant, a passive puppet, or we are going to be an assertive man, mm. one who speaks, one who doesn't puff up, one who doesn't back down, but a man who is willing to stand his ground. 
yeah, I, I, when I, when I hear assertive, I think that's pro- also under attack that mm. there's this false understanding that because you're assertive, that's a bad thing. Why don't mm. you dive into that a little bit? Mm. Interesting. I, th- I think that passivity is afraid of assertiveness. Mm. And when, when you're controlling through passivity and, because passivity produces confusion because you don't know what the expectations are. You, if you've ever served under or had a boss who's passive, you can never hit the target of what they want because they can never clarify it. They're never yeah. assertive enough to clarify. And when someone who's assertive comes into the system or framework, they become a threat to everyone else who's either passive or controlling. Mm. And so I think that it's pers- assertiveness is also tethered to a commitment for truth. So it's perceived as a threat to 60, 70% of everyone else who's either passive or controlling. So the lie is if you are assertive, then you are oppressive. Um, but the truth is, I mean, if you are passive, then you're really operating in weakness. If you're controlling, you're a tyrant. But if you are assertive, that is a masculine, I think, responsibility and, and mm-hmm. a trait. How do you go from identifying okay, there's some areas that I've been passive in mm. to moving into the direction of becoming assertive. Mm. I, think, I think that meaning lies in the areas of your life where responsibility has been abdicated. Mm. So if you close your eyes and you just think, I mean, and if you're listening, you can do this right now and reflect and ask yourself the question, what are the things in my life that I have been avoiding? Mm. The conversation I've been avoiding. The phone call I've been avoiding. The confrontation I've been avoiding. The standard that I have allowed to slip on my team or in my home. The things that you know you need to do but fail to do. Mm. Those are the areas where you're responsible and must become assertive in. Not controlling, but to take action and take responsibility. And I think that's what it looks like to be assertive from a masculine perspective. So good. Um, Let's move on to the third one. So sex and orgasm is a need Hmm. for it. Have you heard that? Like sex and orgasm is is a need? Yeah, I mean, I think we live in a overly sexualized culture. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I think statements like that are very common. I think a lot of men believe that if they're not having sex or orgasm, then they're going to die. Yeah. I've also (laughs) heard... Is that true? Are you going (laughs) to die if you don't? (laughs) I've also heard, like, on the flip side of that... um, with like the counterbalance to like purity culture is like, well, I've already been having sex. So it's going to be difficult to no longer have that present in my life in order to, to, to remain pure for marriage or, or things of that nature. One of the masculine roles is the role of the poet. Yeah. And the poet is, has the capacity to find meaning in, in suffering. And there are two shadow types of, of the poet. And one is the the playboy, mm. which is the one who 
takes. Yes. And then the addict, which is the one who you might find in the dark corners on pornography on a consistent and practicing basis. And you will default into either the addict, which is the passive, or the playboy, which is the the controlling, if you aren't operating in that role of the poet, which is bringing beauty and and meaning Mm. into the world um, and allowing that to flow. Yes. So I I believe it's an abdication of that, of that role of the poet. Because your life, ultimately, if you are living for a sexual dopamine hit, you're... The, the meaning level in your life is going to drop because yes. some might say some yes. might say that it's healthy for my testosterone yeah right but on the other end of the spectrum I mean even the opposite approach can also be healthy for your testosterone is also healthy for your testosterone as well but if you engage in that the meaning level in your drop in your life is going to drop yeah. slowly 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 to where you get to the point where you feel no matter how successful you are you feel a sense of Emptiness and meaninglessness. Yes. And you will feel that in operating as the addict or the, the playboy. It's interesting, too, to think back um, even just a few hundred years ago, right? Like the, the thought process was keeping yourself pure mm. um, and preparing yourself to enter into the sacred covenant of marriage. Mm. And that thought process has become so diluted in our culture. Um, and the, and the, the Bible talks about this too, like not freely sowing mm. your seeds all over the place, yes. but like saving that um, for, for your marriage. And so I think exactly what you were just saying, there's this unfortunate thing that happens that you dilute mm. and, and lower down the meaning of that when you choose to just freely give yourself Mm. to whomever that Mm. looks like Mm. um, rather than, than realizing that it's a gift. Um, But you don't have to operate like sexually through your life in order to find meaning in your life. Mm. I think that's the truth Mm. behind this lie. Mm. Certainly. And, and in fact, in some of, in, in the, and much of the ancient world, and still some, to some degree today, that there are in, in the biblical, from the biblical context and today, that there are men who choose to live a life of abstinence, yeah, to have a greater sense of dedication to their Creator, to the Lord. Yes, and there's there's certainly a lane for that. Yeah, you can live a life of 100 percent complete abstinence and live a, an explosively meaningful quality of life. And that leads us to the next point, which is really close. Yes. Is that would be one, two, three. Number four is pornography is permissible for men. Mm. Pornography is permissible for men. Yes. I feel like pornography is a plague. Mm. Like it is a distracting plague that um, instills a false sense of confidence in men and actually steals them. Do you of that confidence. What do you mean by con- oh, what do you mean by confidence? Well, I think uh, there's another lie, kind of a sub lie inside this lie, that um, you know, through the process of watching pornography, you somehow 
become extremely confident in um, knowing the right ways to have sex or uh, new ways to have sex or to spice up your sex A perception life. of confidence. Yeah, there's this perception and it's a false confidence um, that is just not truthful. Hmm. Hmm. It, that I would have to completely agree now that you clarify yeah. it. So what you're saying is it doesn't give you a sense of confidence per se, but it proposes a, a degree of confidence. When you actually engage in it, it erodes your self-esteem. Yes. Constantly and consistently. You know, I, 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 I certainly believe... Now, this, is, this topic's more important, I think, yeah. now than it was 10, 15 years ago. Right. Because of the accessibility yeah. rate is 20 years ago, I, the best that you could do was get to a computer. You know, 40 years ago, the best thing you could do is find a magazine, right? Yeah. But now anyone and everyone can find it on their phone at any time. Yeah. At any time. And the more that you want, the more that you need. Mm -hmm. And what it does to your neurology and your psychology is baffling. Yes. Is baffling and how it picks your capacity for retention and knowledge and confidence slowly begins to erode it and pervert your mind, lower your self-confidence, not only what it does to your your psychology, but then how, how it affects your spirit mm. and your capacity and ability to connect and commune with with uh, with your creator, with God. And and so I do not believe it's permissible. Yeah. I do not believe it is permissible. And if you're a man who struggles or deals with pornography i would do everything in your strength or power to sort it out yeah and to find accountability and have a support structure um that you can rely on if you're feeling tempted to go that direction mm. um part of my story which we'll dive into on another episode is i was addicted to pornography mm. i was i was exposed to pornography um, in seventh grade, so middle school. Um, and I didn't even have a cell phone until high school. And so I, I'm like grieved thinking about all of these kids yes. these days who have, you know, they're like barely walking and they have access to a cell phone mm. and just knowing that it's so easily accessible. Mm. I'm grateful, um, for, state representatives, especially in the state of Texas, yes. who's fighting for legislation. Yes. Um, like someone like our friend, Nate Schatzlein, yes. um, who literally in Fort Worth uh, was able to pass legislation um, to where when you're on pornography websites in the state of Texas, you have to enter your full ID yes. in order to get access to those sites. So I'm grateful for people that are yes. fighting for that because as, as a child, you don't understand what you're getting into. And it's our responsibility to guard the hearts and the minds of our kids. And that's so another so. role and responsibility that's currently being abdicated. Yes. It's interesting you bring up the kids because from this day forward, kids will either be the consumers of or the content of pornography. Yeah. As dark and demonic as it is. Yeah. The tr that's the truth. So what do we do with that? And I think one, one thing that I've done working with some of my business clients yeah. is even from the lens, uh, initially the pitch of increasing their, their focus and pro productivity to eliminate that side. But one of the ways that we, we did that was 
destroying the limiting beliefs around pornography and mm. understanding and attaching what are you actually doing when you're clicking into free porn? Free porn funds paid porn. What is paid porn fund? Prostitution, sex trafficking, mm. which leads to child trafficking. Yeah. So if so, you may just say, "I'm not. I'm doing it, but I'm not paying for it." When you're clicking into it, yeah. it is a vote for child trafficking. Yeah. It is so. If that is one thing that can get it, that can stand in your way morally. If you're opposed to that, that can be one thing that that can say, "You know what? I'm not for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not for this. I'm not for destroying the lives of families and and children." So if I can just eliminate this one part of my life, then so be it. And like not just destroying the lives of other people's family, but like destroying your own life. Mm-hmm. Like when you are in this addictive cycle. Um, like I was, where you're just trapped yes. in this, like any, and I didn't even realize when I was in it that it was an addiction. Mm. And culturally, it's pretty common mm. that it's accepted mm. to watch pornography, yes. um, almost celebrated in yes. a sense. Um, it's like right at the verge of everyone does it, but no one wears shirts that they say, I watch porn. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> Who knows in the next year, but, but yeah, I think, um, being able to eliminate that out of your life is probably one of the most beneficial things that a man can do Mm. to realign focus and clarity. Mm. That's beautiful. So to, to summarize the cultural life, pornography is permissible for men. And the truth is pornography will always turn you into either a puppet or a tyrant. Mm. Yes. Puppet or a tyrant. Okay, the next one, I'm excited about this one. Mm. The patriarchy must be overturned. Mm. The patriarchy <laughs> must be overturned. <laughs> That's the lie. What do you think of when you think of patriarchy? I think of like forefathers. I think of ancestors. I think of great leaders that have gone before us. Um But unfortunately, that's not the common thought process when you think of patriarchy. Mm. It's it's projected as, you know, government control, uh, tyrant leaders of the past who, you know, Mm. were destroying our society and Mm. and all kinds of things like that. That's that's interesting. So I think I think to summarize that, I would think when I think of patriarchy culturally, I think it think of it as something to be blamed Mm. yeah to put the blame on someone there's a problem it's the patriarchy yes the system it's this arbitrary system yes so i think it's interesting too because for so long and and god's design is the nuclear family concept that is under attack yes like the attack on family is probably the number one attack that's happening right now. Mm. And there's this thought process of disbanding that, that that's an unhealthy thing. Mm. Uh, kind of like when we we're just talking about toxic masculinity as a whole, it's, it's, there's an active attack on the natural way that God designed us mm. to have family. Mm. I'm glad that you brought it to that perspective because we think of, Okay, what is the patriarchy? What's the origins of it? It's from the Judeo-Christian worldview. Yeah. And when you look at the scriptures, what are the scriptures based off of? 
it's an entire lineage of a massive patriarchy. Mm. When we think of the patriarchs, who are the patriarchs? Abraham, mm. Isaac, Jacob. Those are the patriarchs. So the so, and then who's the ultimate patriarch? It's God, yeah. the originator and creator of, of of all. And when we look at the the scriptures, what is how is the scriptures and the lineages organized? It's from the lineage of the patriarchs and of the fathers. Mm. So what are we doing when we are calling things patriarchy and dismantling patriarchy? We are dismantling a Judeo-Christian framework worldview. Mm. It's 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 God's, um, it's the patriarchy in its proper sense is God's system. And I, and I think help help me unpack that from someone who 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 might have a negative lens on what the patriarchy is. Yeah. I think ultimately it's reshaping the frame in which you're seeing it through or the lens. Mm. Uh, Cause ultimately really at the root of what that is designed to attack is it's intended to attack long less long lasting legacy mm. and what you can actually leave behind through the process of multiplying, filling the earth wow. and taking dominion. It's this attack on not replicating what God finds beautiful and, and meaningful. And it's getting into a state of confusion so that you are not multiplying. There's this huge misconception um, that the world is overpopulated, mm. that we have this scarcity mindset that there's not enough resources, that we need population control. And, um, and it's just not true. Like mm. God's resources are abundant and endless mm. and he can do anything that he wants in a mm. second, um, to provide for his people so much so that even in the old Testament, when the Israelites were in the desert, he literally gave manna from heaven. That was new each and every, it fell from heaven. It wasn't even existing on the earth. Mm. Like it fell from heaven and they were fed and provided for the entire 40 year journey that they were in the desert. Mm. Mm. You said something really interesting of a, an attack on patriarchy is an attack on legacy. Mm. So if we're attacking patriarchy, we're attacking the legacy of it. If we're attacking legacy, then we're attacking the idea of inheritance. Yes. And if we limit in inheritance, then there's just control. Mm. And that that pers is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, and and ultimately, I mean, depending on whichever path you want to go down, I don't want to turn this into a conspiracy or anything. But there are there's so much intentionality behind wealthy families mm. and people who are in power, and they are intentional with passing down generational knowledge and wisdom and finances and structure and mm. understanding, and I think. Even in the Christian world, we've done a poor job of stewarding legacy mm. and um, and stewarding this generational passing of the baton mm. from one generation to another. It says in the word multiple times, the Lord was extremely um, passionate about ensuring that parents were intentionally passing wisdom onto their children, mm. so much so that he incorporated festivals and celebration moments all throughout the Jewish culture mm. so that they would have these moments of remembrance to remember 
what the Lord done or remember a covenant or remember something that was important. Um, when the when the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan River into the promised land with Joshua, they created memorial stones. Mm. And it says um, in that passage that we're doing this for our children. We're mm. doing this so that at any point in the future when the children are asking, what are these stones for? Why did this? That they can go back and say, this is why. Mm. And I think we lack that as a culture. And, and honestly, that's why I love uh, just the intentionality even behind the, the four roles of a man concept because we have to become better fathers. Mm. Like as men, we have to, we have to prepare ourselves to impart into the next generation. Otherwise, everything that we've worked for, everything that we've invested in is all for nothing. Hmm. So then patriarchy is not about control. It's yes. about provision, yes. ultimately. Yes. Beautiful. I hope that you enjoyed this first episode as we've tackled the 10 cultural lies on masculinity today. Stay tuned for part two. Thank you for investing in yourself with us. And if you feel like, hey, I found my tribe right now, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Also, you can go ahead and take your masculine role assessment, or you can just find us on social media at Instagram at saints.crown. I hope to see you soon.